0: The news from RTHK
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and Mike Rouse is guest presenter. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. Good to be back. On today's program, we're talking about property management fees and owners' rights. The Consumer Council has called for greater transparency from residential developers following a two-year study prompted by hundreds of complaints over the past 11 years, mainly about charges and service quality. The Council found that homeowners spend an average of 7.4% of their household income on management fees. It also reported that at 75% of the developments it studied, the management companies had links to developers' warning of a potential conflict. Conflicts of interest. In most cases flat owners didn't understand how management shares were allocated and many were unwilling to be involved in the running of their buildings. After 9.45, we'll hear from one of the Hong Kong award winners at the 48th International Exhibition of Inventions, which was held in Geneva last week. You can leave a, a message here on our Facebook page, uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on two double three double 266. And we're now joined on the line by Gilly Wong, who's the chief executive of the Consumer Council. And also with us is Victoria Allen, uh, founder of the uh, property agency Habitat Property. And also Vera Yoon, an assistant lecturer at the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, good morning to you all. Perhaps uh, Gilly Wong, we can come to you first. Hello. Hello.
2: Sure. Good morning, Thank- Jean. Good
1: morning, Mike. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, now, you made a number of uh, recommendations in the report that you put out uh, last week. Um, what, what do you think is the most, would be the most important factor in improving this situation?
2: Uh, I think um, it is a, a basket of factors, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's about uh, the uh, regulatory side, uh, how we can um, enhance the current uh, regulations. Um, to better protect the consumers. Uh, secondly, it's about the participation of the owners and also the formation of owners organizations, um, to better work with the uh, property management uh, companies. And, uh, thirdly, it's about, um, the transparency of, um, the works of the property management companies together with the support, uh, from the, uh, regulator, uh, to, uh, um, to facilitate the owners when they want to make a change of their property management, uh, uh, companies, you know, there's, there are ways, you know, to do so. And finally, obviously, uh, all buildings, you know, uh, would, uh, would age. Uh, how to establish a proper uh, capital fund um, to support uh, the long-term uh, maintenance and repair needs of uh, different buildings are very essential. So uh, out of the eight recommendations that we have by far, some of them is related to uh, regulatory size. Uh, but some of them, you know, doesn't require to. Uh, it requires the support from developers and also the owners to uh, uh, boost them, you know, to uh, participate more with their uh, with their property management affairs. Um, uh, probably, you know, these are the key factors you know affecting how we can have a sustainable and also fair and transparent market uh, for Hong Kong. Uh, don't forget the fact that, you know, property management fee is a recurrent fee and it is not uh, insignificant. You're paying it every month, especially for uh, for those, you know, with lots of facilities or maybe younger age uh, building, you are paying quite a substantial uh, amount uh, from your from your income um, to pay it, and that recurrence for a long time. So uh, until the time you know that you leave the apartment, you have to pay for that. So this is quite a sizable amount, you know, that you have to pay attention to. Uh, not to mention the fact that when it comes to uh, repair and maintenance on a larger scale, uh, the owners you know, have to contribute extra money um, to support the uh, the works. Uh, so, it is not a small matter that can be
1: easily ignored by owners. It might come as a bit of a surprise to some people that, uh, that, that so many owners appeared uh, reluctant to be involved um, in the management of their uh, housing blocks, I mean, would you have any recommendation of you know, how to get owners more interested and, uh, and you know, more closely involved?
2: Yes, uh, we have two uh, recommendations to uh, improve the situation. Uh, first of all, is uh, uh, but you know one thing you know, I have to to say is to build up the interest of someone mm-hmm. uh, to get involved in property management affairs. Uh, you have to do it step by step because, uh, unlikely you know they can participate in the owners' organization immediately be a member of it. Uh, but you know to create the interest can be can be done. Uh, for example, uh, at major check point uh, touch points, you know when the owners uh, purchase the property we have to educate them already about your rights and also your obligations to be an owner through distribution of information here through a very um, friendly and easy to understand the education sessions uh, and also uh, getting more activities for the um, uh, owners to participate. Furthermore, the use of mobile app is also very important nowadays because people access information with the mobile phone or through the internet. So um, the provision of information via the... Uh, the mobile apps and also the internet, for, especially you know, the content are relevant to the property, are uh, so essential to get them involved. And uh, furthermore, right now, according to the ordinance, in actual fact, for those members, uh, really sit into the owners' organization, there are certain allowance for them, but uh, it is quite a uh, small in the amount. So we believe is in recognition of those people uh, for the contribution of their time. Uh, for doing so, um, the the allowance you know,
3: related uh, could be reviewed also by the government. Uh, Gilly, good morning. P- part of this seems to me to be almost structural from the beginning, that the developer who built the block um, controls the first management company and it's then almost impossible to get them out.
2: Uh, you uh, Yes or no? Uh, uh, for the formation of the uh, deed of mutual Co- Covenant, uh, we call it the DMC. Right. Uh, it is drafted by the developer, and also when it's assigned to uh, sell the first property um, to the first owner, um, the it, it will take effect, and this effect you know will last uh, will will carry on to all the other owners. Um, but uh, and also the appointment of the first uh, DMC manager, as that means you know the property management company is also arranged by the developer but the period of it lasts only for two years. So after two years, if the owners, they are not happy with the uh, with the property manager, uh, they can have the right to make the change. But what we found is uh, currently, according to the building management ordinance, it requires 50% of the vote uh, to approve the change of the property manager. But unfortunately, just in case, you know, the number of votes, the shares of uh, the votes from the residential manager, uh, could not exceed, you know, fifty percent uh, because of the fundamental design, uh, that would be a problem. So uh, what we found this time by uh, by um, checking um, two hundred almost two hundred fifty uh, um, uh, DMCs, uh, we found five property, in actual fact, the residential portion of it could not have enough vote to you know, to change the property manager. Right. So uh, for this kind of situation, you know, that uh, has to be improved in the future. But for, for you know, that can uh, have a change in the property manager. In actual fact, the participation of the owners are so important to get the 50% vote uh, collected in order to change the property manager.
3: Right, okay. because the, okay. I think this, all, this situation engenders a feeling among the owners of, of almost helplessness, that there's no point getting involved because the, the original developer's got an iron fist and a grip uh, on the situation.
2: In actual fact, you know the owners can change the 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 DMC, the deal of mutual governance but uh, that require, according to the structure, uh, according to the basic you know principle of our law, uh, that requires 100% yes. uh, uh, anonymous consent of uh, of the owners. But uh, for very old buildings, uh, it is almost a um, mission impossible. Recent seeing is people may immigrate to other places, it may be vacation, flats, uh, it may be the person has already uh, passed away. That is almost Impossible, you know, to get all the owners to uh, to get involved, you know, in the reviewing uh, the terms and also, you know, to make a change. But this is not beneficial to the owners, so that's why one of the recommendations that we have this time is uh, under these kind of uh, circumstances, and of course, you know, under very stringent mechanism to avoid the abuse of uh, changing the uh, the DMC, uh, we allow, you know, all the buildings, say, you know, 10 years old or, or above, could have a flexibility of. Um, of having a lesser number of votes, you know, to uh, to get uh, the approval of a, a change in the uh, DMC, uh, we, as a reference, you know, we make it to the company ordinance because uh, according to the company ordinance, if you reach seventy-five uh, percent of your uh, shareholders on a certain uh, issue uh, to to pass on the vote, uh, then you know you can make a change. So we think you know. This is a very important issue, and that requires uh, a much deeper study uh, on the viability to uh, relax uh, the ability of owners to change the DMC as a result of uh, all the old buildings you know that we're having. Uh, for this, um, uh, as I said, you know to avoid the abuse, we also uh, recommend you know that will be uh, be under the stringent um, uh, monitoring of the Home Affairs Department and the you know, to, uh,
1: to take care of that as well. Okay. Uh, Gilly Wong, uh, thanks uh, for that. Uh, stay with us. Uh, we're going to hear from our, our other guests uh, uh, now. Let's bring in uh, first uh, Vera Yoon, who's uh, a lecturer at the Faculty of Business and Economics at the uh, University of Hong Kong. Vera Yoon, good morning to you.
4: Good morning.
1: Thanks for joining us. Um, so what's your position on this? Uh, wh- what do you think of the current system of property management and, and what, what sort of upgrade does it need?
5: Yeah, um I agree that, uh, it's the contract that it's the uh, DMC written, uh, mm-hmm. when the real essay is being sold, that already determines how the politics goes. It's like, uh, the voting system It's like some corporate governance stuff that, um buyers of the real SAA has to be aware of. And of course, um, according to Menker Olsen, and economist who studies collective activity, like how people make collective decisions. So when when the group is larger and there's economic model to predict that more people would be free riding. So when there are a lot of owners, you need to call a quorum. In order to hold a meeting to decide things, and then you have to gather um, the different owners, and then we need to have a certain percentage of vote to pass certain motion and to approve, or to, I mean, hold. Uh, the other part accountable is the then developers have um, a larger stake in. In the owners' committee, if they have own like commercials uh, that has voting rights too. So uh, normally, when there's nothing, there's no incentive for anyone to participate. But if the stake is intensive, then uh, owners are more uh, willing to participate. Uh, I think there were incidents of. Uh, some real estate, they have a shopping mall with them, like, you know, uh, with MTR and shopping mall. And then there were incidents that uh, when the the shopping mall, so a war with it needs maintenance. Then, uh, according to the uh, this of mutual confidence, um, the land developer actually owns, quite some shares uh, allocated according to uh, the DMC written earlier and then they want the residential owners to share part of the uh, renovation cost, and they were like uh, very unhappy they want to go things it. and, and it's that kind of incidents that drive them to participate? but other than that it, it really depends on The real essay and the neighborhood, and on the dynamics of whether they were willing to participate and hold them accountable. And of course, uh, when it is written that uh, it requires unanimous votes in the owners' committee in order to change the rules, that means there's no way to change it when there are too many people uh, involved. Um, Then that Already undermines what they can do because the system runs like it. So I think it's more like um, making market information symmetric. But I think when they buy it, they already know uh, for the new real estate they are quite expensive. So they should have already taken account into that, and that actually eats into the yield of the real estate. Like uh, for new properties, if if their investor wanna invest into it the U is already less than 2%. And still, they have to deduct the management fee from it. And for older buildings, the U is much better. Uh, It's like around 3%. And then usually the management fee is fewer. I think it depends on what um, they actually want from the real estate property. But I I think it's like making them aware of this. And and I think most investors actually, actually are aware of this. So I don't think that's a huge problem, but it's like more like the market demands that kind of real estate with Clubhouse and those Clubhouse will require maintenance and that's what you need to pay for.
1: Okay, Uh, Victoria Allen, good morning to you morning. Thanks for joining us, uh, founder of Habitat Property. I mean, you're dealing mostly with the the higher end of the market. Uh, wh- what do you think about this idea of a of a database so that uh, homeowners can make comparisons uh, with other blocks and uh, other management fees depending on the age of the buildings and so on? Yeah, look, I think it's an
4: excellent idea. I think it's uh, I think there needs to be maybe some more transparency in the industry. Um, and I think you know, definitely. Um, you know, we we see often when we're managing buildings or inv- involved with the management of a of a building that, you know, again, there's often like requirements for capital works to be done. You know, no one, no money has ever been put aside. So it's it very difficult to get the money off the owners and actually do the work that's required. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there needs to be a, a, sort of a change fundamentally to the way some of these things work within the management of the building. Mm-hmm. there should be a thinking fund um should be more transparency so that people can compare what other buildings are doing um, more easily um, you know, and as I think from of the the other people's touch points on um, you know there has to be i think a better mechanism for the owners to ensure they can change the management company if they want if they feel it's not not doing the right thing or um I, I just think there should be more more transparency. There has to be a better mechanism for the owners to have a reason to get more involved. And they can never change anything. They're not, not
3: going to participate. I think I think you've just put your finger on it. The, the owners feel helpless uh, to some extent. Uh, also, ownership changes, doesn't it, in a in a particular block of flats? And I, I think this is related to Gilly's point about building up a reserve fund to undertake major capital improvement, say every 10 years, a big refurbishment. Yeah, and, and, um, and
4: this is, yeah, people, and this is a, a major mechanism with management in most other countries in the world. And, and then, you know, you have this thing where it's like smaller amounts more regularly, but then every in 10 years when you need to do a major exterior renovation of a building, rather than the owners having to suddenly contribute, you know, between 200 and, you know, sometimes it's millions of dollars what they're having to contribute. And if people haven't budgeted for that, then they, you know, it, to, to enable this thing to happen, I think with these, some of them, the management of this some of these buildings, it can take five, to ten years while they, all the all the owners argue about the contribution, and therefore the work, you know, it goes into, uh, you know, more more disrepair. So I think there needs to be, be better mechanisms to ensure that the owners have more control and more say in how their buildings being managed.
3: Because one thing, of course, is that the mindset. If I'm if I'm planning to Hold the property for five years, um, and then sell it. What What's my incentive to contribute every month a modest amount extra, which is just going to remain in the kitty for the for the next owner to enjoy the benefit of? Yeah, that's
4: correct. I mean, I can see why people wouldn't
1: want to do that, but I think. Oh, sorry. Uh, it, it's okay. I, th- I think I think Gilly Wong wanted to come in there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Please, you know, Victoria, you finish then, and then I'll hear in the comments.
1: Okay, okay, uh, Victoria, just finish what you're going to say, and then uh, and then we'll uh, bring yeah, back Gillian. Yeah, I mean,
4: I think this is an issue that we see anywhere else in the world, right? Where owners have to contribute towards a sinking fund or a capital contribution fund for the building works. And of course, there's going to be minor things that happen over those five years that also not needed that also need to be done. You know, it could be I don't know fixing an elevator, replacing something, or you know, upgrading something that needs to be done to code or whatever it may be, there's always cost. And I think uh, normally that capital contribution um, would be transferred as part of the sale. Now, I think if it was standard in the market, then everyone would be more accepting of it. And I think, as I said, you know, I, I think, again, in the sales of property, if you know there's about to be a capital call... Um, you know, sometimes it can be millions, but then also damages your value of your property because who's going to pay for that, you know, when you're about to sell a property? If you know the exterior building work is about to take place, that's then for renegotiated as time to sell price anyway.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh Yeah, uh, I think, you know, when I uh, encounter these questions, uh, it, it's only if you're completely leaving Hong Kong, you're not going to stay in here. Of course, you know, you think, you know, your contribution will be meaningless for you. But in actual fact, if you are moving from one place to another, uh, as long as you know they have the sinking fund, uh, the the capital uh, fund, you know, in place, you are benefiting from your uh, the previous owner. And uh, for the for what you have contribution with your current property, uh, of course, you know it will be passed on to other owners. But if you move to another estate, and then you know you will benefit from other owners' contribution. Uh, so overall, collectively, Hong Kong will have a much more sustainable. Uh, maintenance on their properties and uphold you know, the value of the property. This is very important. And another issue that uh, we have to uh, take good care of is uh, whether those money are properly managed because there are many prop- uh, owners who would think, you know, it would be properly managed. So what's our recommendation is, you know, it needs to be put in the escrow account. It needs yes. to be uh, with interest and also with a very clear protect uh, about, you know, what can be what are what are the items you know when you're talking about repair and maintenance could use you know to the capital fund uh with a stringent mechanism in so, place you know that will help you know the owners feel a lot more confident and uh we have trust on the property management companies on managing those funds you know, right. on behalf of them but so the, this is very important but
3: your point about yes you you enjoy the benefit of that fund in the new property that you buy um but and in exchange, you've left behind. The contributions you made in the collective fund in your the property you're selling, but that only really applies if if every large building is doing it, isn't it?
2: Uh, that's exactly you're right. You know because if you are not having it, you know it will continue to be a the the problem will continue to intensify. It. But if we start talking about it and make it to happen, especially usually there's a cutoff point that you know with the new buildings, you know we start doing it for those old buildings you know that you have your own organizations uh you should start you know talking about it um no matter if it is through regulation or maybe on a voluntary or on your or under the current system you have to start working on your uh, maintenance uh, plan uh, and the ULA uh, the urban renewal authority in actual fact you know in the early April also announced about you know their plan to have uh, in, uh, to implement uh, such kind of system in their old, in their new development, so that you know it make it more sustainable on their uh, repair and maintenance as well. So it is a very good start. It is it is nothing you know that cannot be done because we remodel it from uh, the Victoria of Australia that you know they're using a 10 year as a period you know to look into the repair and maintenance plan, uh, so that you know people don't have to all in a certain have a have a few shock about repair maintenance and contribute such a substantial amount of money for, for that.
3: Yes, I've had a few yeah, such I shocks.
5: I understand my <laughs> point, actually. Um, it's about
3: the Very different
2: in-
5: groups of investors who uh-huh. have short term and who wants to stay there long term. They have different interests. It's like different class of shareholders. And then and then they got into conflict. Uh, if uh, an investor wants to just sell within five years, they would like to minimise the management fee and not so that there's nothing like low surface contributing to the thing, fund versus for long term like homeowners, like they, they want to like stay there for long, so they want better maintenance. So I think the solution goes to the regulation that like how they should be using the fund and I heard that there was a case that the chairman of the owners committee actually steal the money like the whole pot of money away which is a huge amount and then that becomes an incident and that aroused uh, a lot of other homeowners in the same real estate and I think um, the point is to regulate it how it could be used uh, it can be stored, and also to make it transparent, like if it's compulsory to make it transparent how much things you know, each housing estate has, then it actually goes into the market price of the housing estate. Now now then they have the motivation to think about what is the optimal way because if everyone knows this piece of information, then when they purchase the property, they would think about like how much do I need to contribute if I become the owner and especially for older buildings. So if it goes into the market, the market will regulate it.
1: Okay, well, we're talking about uh, property uh, management uh, costs and owner's rights. Uh, At this point, we have to say uh, thank you and uh, goodbye to uh, Gilly Wong, uh, Chief Executive of the uh, Consumer Council. Um, Victoria Allen and uh, Vera Yoon, uh, please uh, stay with us because uh, we're going to take a a short break for news headlines uh, followed by a couple of announcements. if you, uh, anybody listening, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can leave a message uh, on our Facebook page, uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can uh, email us at backchat at rthk.hk, sorry, backchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call on two double three double 266 A quick uh, look at the weather. Um, it's going to be uh, mainly cloudy with uh Isolated thunderstorms, uh, which will ease off during the day. Uh, top temperature around uh, 25 degrees. Uh, the outlook uh, mainly cloudy and windier in the next couple of days. Uh, the thunderstorm warning is currently in effect and will remain so until 9:45. Currently, it's 22 degrees. Humidity 96%. New
0: summary with Ben Che. The chief executive of the Hong Kong Automobile Association has welcomed the government's new e-toll system, but called on the authorities to promote it more, as many drivers still haven't signed up for the e-toll tags for their vehicles. Owen Chan said his members like the system, saying it made the flow of traffic smoother and faster. But he says there's still some confusion among some drivers, particularly trucks and buses, over the system, and they needed to be cautious. In the southern Indian state of Kerala, a tourist boat has capsized in the middle of a river in the district of Malapuram. At the scene, rescuers and locals have been scrambling to try and find survivors as the boat lies half-submerged in the water. At least 21 people have died, including children. And the United States has criticized a decision by Arab foreign ministers to readmit Syria to the Arab League, 12 years after it was suspended for the violent suppression of pro-democracy protests. A spokesperson said the U.S. didn't think Damascus merited rejoining the pan-Arab body. I'll have more news at 10.
2: Why have so many online accounts and passwords when you need only one with I Am Smart? You can access different online services using the I Am Smart platform. Fill in forms automatically and receive personalized notifications. Access the online services of public and private organizations with I Am Smart. For more details, visit iamsmart.gov.hk. I Am Smart, the safe and swift gateway to online services.
6: Cervical cancer is common among women in Hong Kong, and regular screening is an effective way of preventing it. Women aged 25 to 64, whoever had sex, should have regular cervical screening. Even if you have reached menopause, have no symptoms, or have no family history of cervical cancer, you still need regular screening. Love yourself. Have you had your screening yet?
4: Visit cervicalscreening.gov.hk for details.
2: You're listening to Back Chat. Call us on two double three double eight two double six and have your say.
1: And welcome back to Back Chat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning we're talking about uh, property uh, management costs and owners' rights. And um, before we uh, get back to our, the two guests that we have with us, um, email here from uh, listener uh, Rick says um, we have uh, on under the topic uh, management companies we have changed six times in 15 years uh, nothing really changes same inadequate poorly trained staff and an IOC that doesn't involve the owners until they have to the annual AGM it's a uh, truly appalling state of affairs I live in mid-levels a mid-levels building uh, which is 30 plus years old and leaks like a sieve The owners are helpless Mike, spot on, it's a continuing patch and repair which ultimately costs owners more, at least uh, the long term owners. Thank you, that from uh, Rick. Um, With us is uh, Victoria Allen, uh, founder of Habitat Property and also uh, Vera Yoon, a lecturer at the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong. uh, how about that, uh, um, Victoria, Alan? Um, I mean, in, in many cases, uh, uh, the, the changes of a management company is t- uh, too frequent for anything effective to be done.
4: Well, look, I think what happens is that, and I always this all the time, is that, you know, I think a lot of the local management companies, say, you know, the staff are poorly paid. Um, you know, they're not getting, you know, a lot of these on-site management staff are not earning very much. Um, they're on quite low salaries. Um, they that to often commute quite a way to work, um, and they're just not really skilled enough or have been trained enough. So we see a lot of complaints often about stuff. I and mean, he gets some fabulous local like, site staff as well. Don't get me wrong, but you can see why owners do get upset, and the buildings are just managed poorly. And I think people um, feel that for the level of the management fee, they're not getting what they're paying for. And I, and I think that that's a bit of a Again, I think people are often not on their committees enough and involved and understand mm. the expenses of how how much it costs that actually run the building. And again, there's no sinking fund or capital contribution fund. So things like leakage, which is definitely a problem in older buildings and a lot of buildings, they can't be fixed properly because, you know, there's just not the money there to fix it. Right. And if it's on a common area on an exterior wall, I mean, it's just a nightmare to try and get the money off the owners and get
3: it <laughs> yes. fixed properly. What about this point about the manager's own remuneration? Uh, it seems sometimes to be geared to how much money they're spending um, as a, and with a percentage add-on, which doesn't actually provide much incentive to, to be frugal with the costs. Yeah, again, I agree. I think the way it's structured
4: um, can be quite quite poor. And I think, you know, a lot of the managers, again, from the the manager's side, a lot of their staff are are not, you know, they're not, rather than taking a proactive, helpful view, you know, when they're dealing with the owners committee, they often are on quite a defensive view. And, um, you know, a lot of these big management companies are obviously working on a percentage basis and they're just not motivated and not sort of engaged, I think, with the owners. Mm-hmm. So I think often, you know, you get these, this divisiveness between the two parties. And I can see why the owners are always wanting to change. You know? And again, sometimes the management fees that the actual managers getting are not that high. Um, but again, the costs to run the building are high. So I think it's important the owners also understand. There's no point changing from one management company to another often, because this is right. they exactly the same.
3: Yes. Vera, I wonder if I could come to you on this. The last time we changed managers, and we had a sort of beauty contest, the the company that, that bid very strongly and put up r- some really talented people uh, to win the contract, and for the first six months it, it was fine, all the talented people stayed around, and then they all melted away, and we we, end, we ended up with the second team or the third team. Yeah, I think
5: it's the same with many contracts that. We sign, like if you don't have bargaining power and if you're locked into this then uh basically they don't they don't give you a good people they uh yeah when the people of contrast decide you get the most bargaining power and then after that it doesn't work and i think it, it then it goes into some like principal agent problem that the owners have their interest but the manager is not acting according to the owner's interest and i'm not sure how like performance fee. that kind of concept can be used. Because for owners, I think they want the property to be maintained well because there would be different kind of risks. Like if the staircase is not maintained well, if, uh, you know, some water leakage, there could be accidents. And then there could be legal issues like uh, visitors, if they got hurt, they could sue the homeowners uh, for that they're not maintaining the public area well. However, they also want to minimize uh, the cost, and I'm not sure whether they are paying what what they are getting what they pay for, and and I don't think the problem is whether the management company change very often or they don't change because it it really depends on the situation because in one real estate in the Hong Kong Island, I think the the owners don't even form a committee because they think the management company has been doing well, and that is from the land developers. Uh, property management company, so they they think they don't think there's a need to actually actively participate and change the tender, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. So it, it's actually very complicated. It it goes into contract theory, it goes into industrial uh, organizations,
6: mm-hmm.
5: and I, I don't think there's a good fix because we can we can see that even in um, finding other kind of commercial concept there could be this kind of like capture thing. And the problem with residence maintenance is that the owner is like many, many different homeowners There is not like one single uh, person who can like decide everything. then you need the cooperation of like all the shares and the interests of the shareholders together to do a good corporate governance. and that is what it makes it hard to. Get good management in
1: the property. Mm. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have had experience of owners' committee meetings, sort of uh, um, descending into chaos, being un- un- unable to agree on the cost of renovations and so on. And then, as um, as Victoria and was saying, I mean that can hold up the renovation work for, in some cases, for years, and uh, you know, to the detriment of the building structure. I mean. D- is there any sort of better system or any any way that you think, um, Vera Yoon, that uh, that situation could be improved?
6: Um,
5: I actually think it's, it's more... You can think of it as, like, um, corporate governance kind of thing. It's, like it's about struggles among the different ownership. But as I said before, if this piece of information has to be made public compulsory, Mm. then it actually affects property price for what's happening. So when people cannot agree in the owner's committee meeting, like the outsiders, the buyers of the property, they don't know it. And if we have this kind of information, then we will take this into account when we want to buy a certain property. But nowadays, unless it gets... Really worse that uh, they can foresee that it's going to be a problem. The maintenance cost is going to be really high. I think the buyers kind of take into account of this, but it's not all transparent. It's like even for old buildings, I think the years that it has been built was like it's a proxy for buyers, but there are actually more details. It's more sophisticated in in. Whether they, uh, how much things fund they have, what kind of management they do. So right. if this is transparent, then uh, it goes into the market price.
3: But, but this package of problems that we're talking about is not unique to Hong Kong, is it? I mean, it must happen uh, all around the world. What what sort of remedies have other places adopted that address some of these issues?
5: Um, I actually don't have an exposition of this but for like there is some sort of like co-op kind of uh, management arrangement then it's more like it encourages people to participate in uh, like maintaining and making decisions but and that kind of participation is actually written in the contract that is uh, for some of the neighbourhood the old owners would decide whether a new owner can actually buy a house, like they can reject your buying of the home even All if right. say you can buy it but then then that actually adds more restriction hmm. into a capitalist market and complicates things. so if you want people to participate and you can do this kind of thing, but it can also get into that law. So I think it's more like what you see in the Congress of the U.S. Basically, there's like no good solution when people want to get into their laws.
3: Right, Victoria Allen. Anything we can learn from overseas?
5: Oh, look, I think Australia has a very um,
4: quite a strong model. You know, where again, capital contributions are required. I think and I think it's it in every building. You know, by the by the owners, and I think even when you Um, And, you know, as as, um, somebody pointed out earlier, you know, those funds have to go into escrow that's all governed about how they're invested and, and, you know, the the property managers just can't take off with them. You know, it's all very regulated. And I think, you know, also when you then go to buy the property in Australia, you look at how much this money is in the sinking fund. If there's no money, it really alters the value of a property, it triggers those problems. So I think that the market sort of in terms of price wise tends to then would eventually factor that in with a right. you know, large amount of capital contribution
3: in there and they haven't been used. If if so the, I think if there's, they, there's very yeah.
4: strong models elsewhere in the world that that Hong Kong could look toward.
3: Yes, if so if a potential owner must be shown this information at the at the point of when he's hmm. considering purchase. Um yeah,
4: it, in Australia you do a you have a you agent it's a, a checklist, you know, you you are it's disclosed to you how much is in the sinking fund and that's allocated to the unit you're looking to buy. You know, that, that way you know that if there's something that comes up in the building, if you, you know, there's enough money in the capital fund to to cover it. You know, otherwise, if there's not, and you know there's going to be work, um, you know, that uh, you get a report and, you know, you can factor that into what you're going to bid on the property must, or how much you prepare to
3: pay. Yeah. I must say, I've never been told, um, in the properties I've bought, how much is in the sinking fund. Uh, for the whole development, it always comes as a surprise when there's a levy. <laughs> no, really. Yeah, yeah I
5: it's think better you know it's uh, Like It's yeah. like the company disclosure, like regulate them to display auditors' report. Now, the problem is then they always have to pay for the auditors. But then this mm. is to make the market more transparent. Mm.
1: Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you. you. It
5: has to be very, very, very transparent. So.
1: Right, okay. Well, here's hoping for more transparency uh, uh, going forward. Uh, mm-hmm. um, thank you both uh, very much for taking part uh, in our discussion this morning. Um, Vera Yoon, a lecturer from the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong, and Victoria Allen, founder of uh, Habitat Property. 95 years of
0: public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong.
2: I'm Christine Choi, the Secretary for Education. Congratulations on the 95th anniversary of RTHK and many wishes for its future success.
6: 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 Stay, years. Tuned. Stay tuned with Hong Kong.
1: And for the last uh, 15 minutes or so of this morning's program, uh, we're going to turn our attention uh, to inventions and and Hong Kong's uh, prowess in this field because uh, just very recently, a delegation from Hong Kong uh, won a record number of prizes and gold medals at the Geneva International Exhibition of Inventions, uh, 2023. Uh, That included two grand awards, uh, eight special awards and about uh, what's called uh, 30 gold medals with congratulations of jury. Um, We're joined on the line by Wilton Fock, who is a director of the Sports Artificial Intelligence Laboratory at the Department of Electrical, sorry, Electrical and Electronic Engineering, uh, that is at the University of Hong Kong, and um, the, uh, the uh, uh, Wilton Fox Unit uh, won uh, uh, what? Lo- oh, I think we might have <laughs> we might have lost him momentarily, but anyway, let's see, uh, because his his team. Um, from that Department of Electrical and Electronic Engineering, uh, was uh, the winner of two grand prizes and a gold medal uh, for a system using artificial intelligence to analyse in real time uh, human posture and movement uh, in a video to identify what was described as anomaly scenarios uh, such as uh, abuse and criminal behaviour. Um, okay. um, Wil- Wilton fock you with us? Hello. Yes. Yeah. Good Again. morning. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. Morning. Yeah. We can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, please tell us um, uh, more about uh, your development here. It sounds uh, it sounds quite intriguing.
6: Oh yes, our uh, demand make use of artificial intelligence technologies to do, to detect if uh, any abnormal situations happen in front of the video image. Mm. Such applications uh, can be quite wide. Uh, for example, we make use of these technologies to. Uh, for drowning detection, uh, if there's in a school and to detect if there's any students drowning in the swimming pool, and also uh, for the child safety in a child center or the elderly
1: home. I, I see. Okay, so so it can be used uh, for safety purposes, obviously. Uh, and and then and then I mean, if someone gets into trouble in the swimming pool, then then then, then what? Then uh, then the lifeguard would m- immediately be alerted. I think we're having a bit of a problem with our connection here. Um, Yeah. Um, uh, Wilton Fock, are you still with us? Uh, No, I think we've lost him. Uh, We've lost him momentarily. Um, Okay. Let me tell you a little bit more about uh, what happened there last week uh, in Geneva. So this delegation from Hong Kong won a record number of prizes, as mentioned, Uh, two grand awards, Special awards and about 30 gold medals. Uh, um, The Polytechnic University uh, also featured quite prominently in this because it won uh, two awards. Now, one of these was for a surveillance camera developed by uh, PolyU uh, and that was used in uh, China's first Mars rover exploration mission in 2021 uh, to monitor the landing status and deployment of the Mars rover. Uh, but we're going to hear um, more about um, the uh, Hong Kong U um, uh, because Wilton Fock is back with us on the line. Wilton Fock, Hello.
6: Oh, yeah, sorry, the knife yeah. is
1: not stable. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry, apologies about that, yeah. So, so yeah, we were talking about the applications uh, for use of this uh, AI tool that you developed. Yes, uh,
6: so uh, it's quite wide, and uh, we are glad that our technologies can be applied to solve uh, a few uh, problems happen in Hong Kong uh, in recent years, uh, like the drowning or like the child abuse, and also uh, yeah, even... Uh, just in recent time, uh, there was a patient uh, found dead in a hospital to- uh, disabled toilet, and this technologies can also apply in this situation.
3: Can I ask, Doctor Fox how, how? Let's take the example of a, a children's home where you've got a lot of children being supervised by adults. Obviously, um, would you be would you have to be filming the children in various situations, and then having? the technology view the video?
6: Uh, um, actually, in most of the children's homes, there were CCTV monitoring right. system already. Okay, This is for the uh, supervisions of the children and the caretakers. And uh, and these videos are already recorded. Uh, so just in case there's any accident happen, then the suppliers can uh, review the footage. Okay? Our technologies can help them to do the monitoring and uh, revisions uh, in a more effective way uh, so that they uh, they don't need to spend like uh, maybe a few uh, staff to monitor the foot video footage 24 hours a day okay using AI can handle all these situations and pick up those uh, footage or scenario where uh, it seems to be abnormal, and then alert the supervisor. Right. Uh, so in this case, it will be more effective.
3: So that instead of watching sort of minute by minute uh, through the whole of your shift, eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours, the the AI would be b- bringing you the bits of video that are suspicious.
6: Yes, yes. Uh, so this is, uh, this is one of the applications, is uh, using the pre- pre-recorded video to analyze. Okay, in a batch mode. Another application is a real-time mode that we can monitor the situations and and raise an alert uh, when there is accident happen. Uh, for example, in drowning or any accident happen in the disabled toilet. Mm. Uh, this is more important because uh, real timeliness to save lives uh, is more important than just reviewing the record.
3: Mm. Right, and presumably the same would apply to uh, homes for the elderly which sometimes has been abuse, alleged?
6: Oh, yes. for uh, well, the elderly home is equally important. Uh, I think not only abuse. Uh, as far as I know, there's not that uh, much situations that uh, uh, there's abuse, which, uh, cases happen in the elderly home. But more often is the accident. For example, the elderly falling down mm. in, the hospital, in the toilet or in their bedroom, and uh, especially during the odd time in the midnight when... Uh, the caretaker may not know that immediately. Okay, so such type of applications will be uh, more important, in, in particular to uh, catch the important uh, time, the critical time to save them. Mm.
3: What about institutions like prisons?
6: Prison, okay. Well, actually, uh, the Correction and Service Department is also talking to us and then trying to make use of these technologies to uh, help to monitor if there's any abnormal situations in the uh, prisoner.
3: Right, because it, it might be between prisoners rather than between staff and prisoners.
6: Yeah, between uh, uh, it's more often that uh, there are some uh, abnormal situations happen between the prisoners. Uh, for example, uh, in their bedroom or in some public area, and then this is also something that they want to monitor.
1: So, so how does the how is the artificial intelligence uh, able to tell if there's a problem? I mean, I mean this this according to the press release, it's this is based on a, a body posture and movement, right?
6: Oh yes, yes. Hmm. Now, uh, the, the traditional uh, we do and editing make use of the object detection. Okay, we can detect. Okay, there's a, a, something that looks like a person, a human being here. And then we can count the number of people. Okay, this is uh, quite mature and uh, common already. And our technologies can detect uh, the posture and the key point of the uh, of a human skeleton uh, so that we can know what they're doing. Uh, for example, fighting or they have fallen down or even they're doing sports. Uh, our technology actually starts from uh, the detection of the golf playing and, and then to, to detect whether the uh, players play well or not. Okay, so that we can measure the angles of the arms and legs and so on. And by making use of this, we can also detect uh, whether there's, there's any problem or abnormal situation in the person' posture.
3: So this could help to improve performance yeah, improve by the athlete. Improve
6: your swing. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. For the golf player, they like it, uh, mm-hmm. and and you also do it for the swimming uh, performance analysis uh, in the swimming pool. Okay, not mm-hmm. only for drowning because okay. there's a lot of applications for uh, using this type of human skeleton detection.
3: Now, I see. This is the forty eighth international exhibition. Um, exhibitions normally are private sector things. W- what sort of authority does this organization
6: have? You mean what organizations?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, are they under the supervision of a famous university or the United Nations or
6: oh. what? No, we, uh, our inventions are on behalf of the University of Hong Kong. Yep. And uh, there are many, uh, in Hong Kong, we, have, we do have a lot of teams uh, went to Geneva and to show our inventions in these exhibitions.
3: Mm. Right? Who are the people in Geneva, though?
6: Uh, not only in Geneva, but all around the world, uh, I noticed that there are uh, delegations from uh, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, France, and uh, uh, England, and uh, Japan. Okay, many different countries also arrive uh, Geneva, and then it's a very good opportunity for us to. In the role, and also learn from one another
1: so this was very uh prestigious for for hong kong to win uh, so many awards at this year's event
6: oh yes yes mm. Uh, mm. The, uh it's our honor and and actually uh it's it's our surprise as well okay we mm. don't expect that we get such a good result mm. Mm.
1: Now, uh, much has been uh, spoken and written about uh, on uh, ai uh, in recent months um it's uh it's a kind of fascinating and somewhat controversial topic as well because it's like uh, it's almost like we're heading into a brave new world. Um, um, so I guess uh, you would say, obviously, that this is one of the applications uh, where it can be used, um, uh, obviously, you know, uh, for the good of uh, society and for our, our p- sort of positive development.
6: Oh yes, uh, there's a lot of controversial discussions about AI development and uh, and there's some something even. Uh, saying that A.I. will replace human being, okay? uh, and, and I think this is some technologies that we can not get rid of. And uh, this is a global trend. And if we don't use it, some, some other people will use it. Uh, the, the matter is how we can make use of it hmm. in a positive way and in a constructive way. And, uh, and therefore, you can see that our technologies uh, our, in our applications, we mainly use it for saving life. And many use it for uh, the the enrichment and betterment of the human being or our, our daily life. And uh, instead of okay, there are some things that uh, AI could be used for criminal or something that are uh, destructive to human being. Okay, I think that that has to be avoided.
3: Apart from all the wonderful inventions that came forward from the Hong Kong teams, did you see any from other countries institutions? that were particularly noteworthy?
6: Okay, yeah, of course. Uh, There are a lot of uh, different dimensions uh, ranging from uh, the security or uh, not only AI, but also uh, many other applications, for example, medicine, okay, and uh, there's some new drugs and uh, some new ways to cure diseases, uh, as well as uh, there are some uh, uh, new uh, technologies uh, for, for example, the preventions of the pandemic. Okay, so, so I think uh, uh, this Geneva inventions is a very good uh, event for inventors and researchers to get together and exchange our ideas.
1: Okay, well, uh, thanks uh, very much for speaking to us uh, on the programme this morning. Um, Now, that was, you were just hearing from Wilton Fock, director of the Sports Artificial Intelligence Laboratory at the Department of Electrical and Electronic uh, Engineering at the University of Hong Kong. And uh, Wilton uh, Fock was talking about um, an award that uh, that his uh, team uh, won um well in fact it won two grand prizes and a gold medal uh using artificial intelligence to analyze in real time human posture and movement uh to work out what they call anomaly scenarios such as like uh, abuse or if someone's getting into trouble in the swimming pool anyway uh thanks uh, very much uh, for listening and thank you to you mike well,
3: we learned something
1: today. We certainly do, don't we? <laughs> um, see, you, see you next Monday. Um, right now, uh, stay with us. New summary coming up.